I want to spend some quality time on a message that I hope will change everybody's heart here today. Everybody's view on how they look at how they can serve God without the impressions of the enemy or the entanglements of the enemy. And I really want you to spend time with me today as we talk about defeating strongholds and through spiritual warfare. You know, a lot of people aren't attuned to spiritual warfare. They're not attuned to what's really happening in spiritual warfare. A lot of people don't spend a lot of time in prayer. I don't want to just say those things like I'm saying boldly that everyone is like that. But a lot of people don't spend time in prayer. They don't spend time seeking the face of God. They don't wake up in the morning taking time with God in prayer. They don't spend three times a day praying like David did, or seven times. Uh, Before they go to bed, they don't pray, or they don't get up in the middle of the night and fall on their knees or on their face and seek God and travail before Him. We're living in a world today, the church is part of that world, that simply is getting less and less people of prayer. They're becoming prayerless. I talk to a lot of people on prayer. I teach seminars on prayer and do a conference this spring on prayer. And what I find is that a lot of lead pastors don't pray. Uh, Back in the early uh, 2000s, uh, in 2001, I read uh, an article by Barna, and they did a, a survey across the United States. And the average pastor uh, prayed three minutes a day across the United States. But, you know, we're not looking at pastors. We're looking at everyone as the body of Christ to pray and to seek the face of God and to go to warfare, uh, to tear down the strongholds and tear down those things that are uh, attaching themselves to you or attacking your mind or attacking your situation your circumstances and oftentimes people don't know why or they they wonder why and and uh, so what I'm what I'm saying to you today is that we have to understand that there is a time where we feel tangled up have you ever felt just tangled you know and you you just don't know how to get untangled and you feel like how am I going to How am I going to get through all this? I feel so tangled, I don't even know where to start. Have you ever looked at a rope on the ground and somebody said, go untangle that, and they came back five hours later, and you're still trying to untangle the beginning of it? Well, sometimes our our heart or our soul, our mind gets so tangled up with the thoughts of this world, the problems that we're going through, the things that seemingly want to tackle us or embrace us or shackle us to not perform or to live out our Christianity in the perfections that God wants us to. So I want to spend time today sharing with you, and I may preach a little bit, I'm I'm unsure how I'm going yet, but to tell you that There is a time for spiritual warfare. And if there's ever a time for spiritual warfare in the body of Christ, it's now. It's 
going up against things, spirits that are trying to keep you tangled up, not fulfilling your dream in ministry or not fulfilling your hope in walking with God, feeling displeasure instead of pleasure, feeling unfavored instead of favored, feeling uh, away from instead of close to. And I I know that I'm ministering to you because that's how it is a lot of times. And so what I want to do is spend time today talking to you or speaking to your heart on spiritual warfare and the importance of spiritual warfare. I'm not talking about genuflex of prayer. Uh, I'm not talking about just, you know, blessing yourself and moving forward. I'm not talking about just calling somebody up on the phone and saying, hey, would you pray for me? I'm too busy. I'm not talking about statements like that. I'm talking about you taking ownership on prayer and what it means to seek the face of God. And I want you to turn with me, if you have your Bibles, over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 6. And I want to start with the first verse. I'll give you a moment to get there. Now I, Paul who am lowly in presence among you, but bold towards you while absent, appeal to you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. I beg you that when I am present, I might not have to be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. You see, he's, what he's talking about is he's written a letter in 1 Corinthians where he had to correct the church. The letter of the 2 Corinthians is saying, hey, thank you. You got it together. You're all right now. You've understood the letter. So when I show up, I don't want to have to debate. I don't want to have to argue. I don't want to have to come in strong. I don't want to have to come in where I sound like I'm pressing you down and making you feel ashamed. But I want to come in. I just want to be letting you know that I don't walk according to the flesh. And I think our testimony should be. I don't walk according to the flesh. I walk according to the spirit of God. I listen to the voice of God and I I'm tender to the graces of God, to the mercies of God, to the leading of the spirit. I keep my ear open to what God is saying for me to do. And I'm not going to let people get in my way. I'm not going to let people jump in in my little relationship, which is huge. It's universal. it's, 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 It's heavenly. My relationship with God. And try to stir it up and make me feel bad for loving God. Raise your hand if anybody's ever done that, made you feel bad for loving God. You know, we, we literally love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. That's the really first big commandment. And then we love our neighbor even as we love ourselves. And if we do those two things, we're doing all right. We're hanging in there. Upon these things, hand the whole law. This is what Jesus tells us. That we have an opportunity to be in love with people and to care for them. But not just that, but to pray for them. I pray for a lot of people. I have a huge list that I pray for. I pray for people in the middle of the night. I'm on my knees. I'm praying for you. I called out your all's name last night. Thanking God for this church and thanking God for what I believe God's going to do here. 
And I began just to bind the enemy who will try to stop it from happening. But I, I love what it says where he says here now. In verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh. Everybody pinch yourself. You're still on this earth. Though we walk in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. Well, Pastor, I thought when I got saved, it was just going to be a big party. You know, I used to watch a a pastor on TV. He's a a great speaker, well-known, and a great guy. But in his church, he used to call church a party. And people would wear lampshades and they'd blow whistles. And this 5,000-member church, you see all these people blowing whistles and all this stuff. Church is a big party. And then on the other side, you see somebody teaching about spiritual warfare in another area. I believe the church is a good place. I believe church is favored by God. I believe God comes to church with us because we bring him here. He doesn't live in stucco. He doesn't live in all the ceilings. He doesn't live in the steel. He doesn't live in the linoleum. He lives within us because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He poured his life. We're vessels of honor and we carry around this treasure to share to everybody. But the enemy does not want us to share. He does not want us to uh, invest in other people in prayer. He doesn't even want us to go to warfare, in spiritual warfare, because he knows we hold the winning hand. We know Jesus. Jesus had defeated him at the cross had defeated him at the tomb. And you know something in Hebrews 7 and 25, the Bible says that he is forever interceding for you and I. And he is able to save all those who come to God through him. We have power. We have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to pray. He goes on and say, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the God to the pulling down of strongholds. We are mighty in prayer. Don't, don't, don't let the enemy push you back into a corner to where you, you don't feel you have the strength to pray. Stand up and be bold in the name of Jesus Christ. And pray the word of God. Pray the promises of God. Declare the power of God over the enemy. And don't be tangled up by his lies and his entreaties and the things that he wants to have us Believe that he has over our lives. Pray for a family member who's not living for God. Bind the enemy off their life. Pray for somebody that's addicted. Bind that addiction off their life. Pray over a city like San Francisco or Oakland. Pray the spirits away from above that city. And call in the angels of God and believe that Jesus Christ is hearing your prayers. Don't just walk around defeated. Walk around in victory. The victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm feeling like preaching a little bit now. But I'm trying to tell you that there is a victory in Jesus. When I got saved, I got saved. I've been living in victory for 44 years now. I just crossed the 44 mark. 44 years I've been living in victory in Jesus. I've been fighting the devil every day. And every day he loses the battle, praise God. When Jesus came out of the desert, the enemy tried to take him down through popularity, power, 
prestige, try to take him down and say, this is what I'll give you. Take this, change this into bread. Look at the kingdoms. I'll offer all this to you. And Jesus used the word to defeat him. And the Bible said he left him for a time. So in other words, he'll come back. He'll try to get you. He'll look for a weakness in your life. He'll look for something that may be going on and he'll edge his way in there and try to control you in that. Bind him in the name of Jesus. Bind him with the ropes of prayer. Bind him with the chains of power of the Holy Ghost. Bind him with the faith that you have that your Christ, your Jesus, our Jesus, our Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of glory. And we have the power over him by that name and through the blood washed souls and spirits and hearts that we have. We have a renewed mind. We don't think like other people used to think. Because we used to be other people. And we used to think differently. But now we're Jesus's. And our mind's been renewed by the washing of the Word. We are regenerated by the washing of the Word. And we know Jesus because we pray and we get to know Him when we walk Him. Raise your hand if Jesus has ever done something great for you. Amen. Amen. And guess what? He's going to do something great tomorrow for you. Amen. He's going to bless you and he's going to help you. We don't have to fight with carnal weapons. We don't have to take out a gun, a knife, a bat. We don't have to fight the devil like that because you'll never win. But when you take out the Bible, the Word of God, and you begin to quote the Word of God, and you begin to read the Word of God through your house, you begin to read the areas that the Bible is meaningful to you, and you begin to command the enemy to get off your family, get off your life, get out of your mind, and begin to call forth the angels of God through Jesus Christ to come and defeat the enemy with you. Amen. You know what I did one time when I came to Santa Cruz in 2000? I went to the city and a lot of people think, well, okay. But I went down to the main center of that city. And I walked up and down the street praying in tongues. Just binding the enemy out of Santa Cruz. Speaking in the power of God. Knowing that God will bring a change. And he brought a change there. We built a 325 people. People that would listen to the word every Sunday. People would come off the street and listen to the word. They'd come to the clock tower if you've ever been there. And listen to the word of God preached. And there would be deliverance and change. There would be people saying that I'll never get saved. And a few years later, they were coming to the altar to get saved. Because we never gave up. We fought a spiritual battle to the winning of souls. I believe that San Francisco is going to be one for the name of Jesus Christ. I believe we're going to see the power and the anointing of God like rivers of oil flowing up and down 6th Street, up and down Market, up and down Mission. I believe that Jesus Christ has sent us to this city. There are many others to come and to tear down the strongholds 
and take back San Francisco for Jesus Christ. Someone preach with me today. I'm saying to you, there's a way to get through your difficulties. And it's not sitting down doing nothing. It's standing up, kneeling or prostrating yourself and begin to pray in the name of Jesus Christ to the tearing down of those strongholds that are binding you. God is good. Verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I love this latter part of this verse. Because if you start to get a bad thought, say, I bring this thought into, the, into captivity. I put it in jail. To the obedience of Christ. The enemy will fight our mind. He'll try to trick us. He can even show up as an angel of light. Where you think it's God sending something good to you. But if you don't know the word, you get falling into that. But if you pray, you recognize how the enemy works and what he wants to do. And how he wants to crawl into your situation. How he wants to come in and say, here I am. You can trust me. You can do this. You can do that. But you know what? Tell him to get out of your life. Jesus said to Peter, not to Peter, but to the enemy that was leading Peter at that moment. As Jesus, ever since Jesus cried his first cry, he's been heading for Jerusalem. Well, it's 33 years and a half now, and he's heading that way for one purpose. To die the death of the crucifixion. To raise on the third day that we would be delivered when we call upon his name. And we confess Jesus as our Savior. Acknowledging him as the only begotten Son of God. And he looks at Peter and he said, Stand ye behind me, Satan. He knew that the enemy was there. You see, we have got to come to a spiritual discernment in prayer that we know when it's the enemy and it's not God. We know when the enemy is trying to cause us discomfort. We know that the enemy is trying to push us down. You see, God wants to lift us up. God wants to show us favor. God wants to heal us. God wants to fill us with power. God wants to bring us into the kingdom of God. And what he says will never not come to pass. Amen. Amen. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is complete. And you know, just you've got to come to a place with God and be confident. I want you to be confident in God. Don't just be confident in your family, your background. All those are important. Don't be confident just in education. That's major important. Be confident in God in your life that he will come to you and bless you. Praise God. And he will show you who you are, what your identity is, and where you're headed. And begin to walk down that road. You see, God calls people into places 
where he can trust them to pray spiritual warfare prayers. He can trust people to take on what God has for them and to move in those areas and to be full of God's power and love. That's what he does. He loves us. He expresses love to us. He expresses power to us. He expresses the goodness of God to us. He expresses all those things to us if we will believe. So take the disobedience and push it aside and bring your obedience to completion. Knowing that you're doing what God has called you to do. When you believe... This is victory. You believe in the Father as our God. You believe that Christ is the Son. You believe in the Holy Spirit. You believe our God is a three in one. We believe in the resurrection. We believe in that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Amen. Don't let your circumstances tangle you up. Look above your circumstances to the deliverer who sets you free from circumstances that are hurting you. When you are in a problem you don't know what to do, look to the problem solver who knows how to solve every problem on this earth. Every problem. And he thinks about you. You are on his mind. Every day God thinks about you. Every day he wants you to be good. Every day he wants you to be fine. Every day. But we have to believe. I have never gone to prayer and said, you know what, Father, I just don't know whether I believe you anymore. I just don't know whether or not I'm able to uh, trust you. I'm not even sure who Jesus is anymore. No. You go to prayer and you thank God for who he is. You thank God for who Jesus is. You thank God for the Holy Spirit. You have promises from God. You know that when you pray in Jesus' name that you will bind the enemy and you will see those things that you have asked for come to pass in your life. And somebody prays with me this morning. Do you understand that God is here and the Lord is trying to reach into all our hearts, into this city, everybody that walks by. God is interested in every soul in San Francisco. And we can pray spiritual prayers, warfare prayers, and pull down the strongholds that try to bind and control this city. If you believe. If you trust. See, there is power in his name to defeat powers and principalities, kingdoms and dominions. In other words, rulers of darkness of this age. Wicked hosts in heavenly places. That's what he does when we pray. Do you know when Daniel prayed and he sought the Lord? He prayed a sincere prayer. And 21 days later, the answer came. The angel of the Lord said, I had to fight the prince of Tyre to get here. 
I had to fight it. It was a battle to get to you, but here's the answer. Don't give up, in other words. Don't give up. You know, I remember the days when people would say this, praying through. Praying through that dark atmosphere. Praying through those heavy days. Praying through the heaviness. Praying till you get through to God and then you begin to praise Him and worship Him. There is an atmosphere over us that tries to keep us from living in victory. Living in the favor of God. Living in the promises of God. But when you pray, you wait on the Lord and He will renew your strength. He will bless you and He will fulfill in you that which He has promised. Are you with me this morning? There is no power, there is no weapon formed against us that'll prosper. Not one. No words that are said against you will have victory because they won't damage your reputation. This is the word of the Lord. No weapon. Nothing. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible declares, it literally says that the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. In other words, that standard will not allow the enemy to come through and drown you in his lies and drown you with the things that he's trying to get you to do. The Holy Spirit stands before him and says, stop. Jesus said, they are mine. And you continue to pray and seek the face of God. Do you feel like the Lord's today? Do you feel like you're part of God's kingdom today? Do you feel like God is really wanting you to pray? Do you feel like God is really wanting you to come to that place to where you know who you are in God in prayer? The reason that we pray is not just to worship. That's very important. It's not just to ask for things. That's very important. But the reason we pray is to defeat the enemy. I challenge you to pray for the city. Praying in Jesus' name. Intercede in the Spirit. Praying the Word. Trusting, embracing, and conquering with the name of Jesus. For the city of San Francisco. For this Bay Area. Tearing down strongholds and Praying in such power that you know that God is hearing your prayers. And you know that the things that are coming after you have been stopped. They've been detained. They've been put behind spiritual bars where they cannot get out. But the Spirit of the Lord has set you free. Amen. Prayer with faith will untangle the rope. It'll untangle the rope. All of a sudden, you'll just feel like, here I am. I'm untangled. I'm free. I can hear the word. I understand the word. And I can speak the word. I can live that word. I can acknowledge that word. I can tell other people about Jesus. I can tell them and share with them what it is to pray. I can start a prayer meeting in my home, in my apartment, in my flat, wherever I live. I can start a prayer meeting and pray. You know, it's so important to learn when your time of the day to pray is. It can be early in the morning. 
Kathy and I, we got up at 5 o'clock every morning for nine straight years and prayed from 5 to 8 in the morning spiritual warfare prayers. And we saw the results. The church grew. People got saved. People got filled with the Holy Ghost. People were healed. It was marvelous. And we continue to pray. God changed our times a little bit because our schedules changed a little bit. But we continue to pray. I'm asking God, you know, God, I'm not getting any sleep. He says, I know. I said, I got, I'm up here praying at three o'clock in the morning. I, he says, I know. I said, what should I do? He said, keep praying. Keep seeking my face. Pray for Tony. Pray for Mark. Pray for Erwin. Pray for Paul. Pray for Gary. Pray for Diane. Pray for everyone in this church and everyone that attends this church that stops by once a month to say hello. Pray for them that they will know who I am in the power of my anointing. Pray for them. I'm tired, God. Pray for them. What should I do, God? Keep praying. And I keep praying and praying, and all of a sudden it's it's like 4:30 in the morning, and I wake up on my knees. God just put me to sleep when it was time. What I'm saying, hear it from a man that's seasoned in prayer, please. Take time to pray. Learn how to pray spiritual prayers. You know, God isn't the sugar daddy that we need need the engine of our car fixed. We need a brand new tire. We need this. We need that. We need that. God knows all that. Pray. Seek his face. Go to war. And all these things will be added to you. He takes care of business. Amen. He will do it and he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly how to reach your need. He knows exactly how to bless your life. But you have family that aren't serving God. I have family that's not serving God. So I call out their name before the Lord for them to be saved. I bind the devil off their life. I pray that the precious, redeeming blood of Jesus Christ will rinse over them. You know, how many realize today, and this this is a a facetious question because I know you know the answer. How many realize that there's no other way to get saved less by Jesus? Amen. There's no other name under heaven whereby a man can be saved less by the name of Jesus. That we have to be drawn by the Holy Spirit. We have to be bathed in the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. And we have to believe in our heart who he is and confess our sins to him and bam, we get saved. We start a joyous life of prayer, a joyous life of relationship, and a joyous life of learning how to seek the kingdom of God and see the kingdom of God advance wherever we are. Do you believe that? What we need to do is defeat strongholds. What we need to do is whatever's bothering you, whatever's got you shackled, begin to pray against it. Don't care. God doesn't want us to carry around those discouragements, 
those disappointments, those fears, those doubts. How many realize that yesterday's gone? You can't change yesterday. <coughs> can't do it. Can't reach back and say, oops, I'm going to reenact this yesterday and I'll be back in a moment today. You are in today. You can't change it. But you can make a difference through prayer. In your life, in your family's life, in your, the vision that God has given you, he has given you something to do and you need to know that the enemy does not want you to do that. The devil doesn't want your children being saved if you have children. He doesn't want your wife or husband to be saved if you have that relationship. He doesn't want your relatives to be saved. Amen. You know, I got a whole neighborhood where I live. Whole neighborhood full of people in the Santa Cruz Mountains. I mean, I'm up there praying for them. I'm calling out their name. They don't even know I'm praying for them, but I know God hears it and I believe God's going to save them all. I trust that that'll happen. And I believe that one of my neighbors told me, I said the Bible one day in front of me, he said, I hate that blankety Bible. And I said, well, I love that Bible. I left out the blankety. You know, I love that Bible. It's great. Amen. It's God's word. Amen. And they love me. That's good. And I love them. But they don't know that I'm on my knees praying for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, reach across the street. Reach across the driveway through the, through the trees and into the house and touch their lives. Let them know that you are real, that you are God, and you are holy, and you are mighty. And there is no other God but you. Amen. Hallelujah. Be an intercessor for God. Be a voice for God in prayer. You want to see this church change? Let's pray. You want to see San Francisco change? Let's pray. Don't look at me. I can't do it. Gary, I can't do it. Kathy and I as a team, we can't do it. But God can do it through prayer in using us to do it. God can do it. And some people want to say, oh, I don't know if I want the power of God in me. It scares me. I'm telling you right now, you need the power of God. Because you're not going to defeat anything. You can do all you say you want. You can try to do this and all you want. But the power of the Holy Ghost in your life will bring change in your life. It will give you courage to tear down those things that lift themselves up against you. And when you begin to pray, God, oh my Lord, God, a power begins to move. And I believe that we can shake the heavens over San Francisco. And I believe we can shake the heavens in your own personal family, in your own personal ministry. God will do it through prayer. Amen.